Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen is our state Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be joining us as well. It is January the 3rd, and on this day in 1967, Jack Ruby, the Dallas nightclub owner who killed the alleged assassin of uh, President John F. Kennedy, died of cancer in Dallas Hospital. The Texas Court of Appeals recently overturned his death sentence for a murder of Lee Harvey Oswald and was scheduled to grant him a new trial. On November the 24th, 1963, two days after Kennedy's assassination, Lee Harvey Oswald was brought to the basement of the Dallas Police Headquarters on his way to a more secure county jail. A crowd of police and press were live television cameras rolling gathered to witness his departure. As Oswald came into the room, Jack Ruby emerged from the crowd and fatally wounded him with a single shot from a concealed 38 revolver. How did he possibly get in there anyhow? In any event, Ruby, who was immediately detained, claimed he was distraught over the president's assassination. Some called him a hero, but he was nonetheless charged with first-degree murder. Jack Ruby, originally known as Jack Rubenstein, operated strip joints and dance halls in Dallas and had minor connections to organized crime. He's also a relationship with a number of Dallas policemen, which amounted to various favors in exchange for leniency in their monitoring of his establishments. He is featured prominently in Kennedy assassination theories, and many believe he killed Oswald to keep him from revealing a larger conspiracy. In his trial, Ruby denied the charge, maintaining that he was acting alone out of patriotism. In March 1964, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. The former Warren Commission, which was really corrupt, a report of 1964 concluded that neither Oswald nor Ruby were part of a larger conspiracy, either domestic or international, to assassinate President Kennedy. Despite its seemingly firm conclusions, the report failed to silence conspiracy theories surrounding the event, and in 1978, the House Select Committee on Assassinations concluded in a preliminary report that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy that may have involved multiple shooters in organized crime. The committee's findings, as they were findings of the Warren Commission, are in dispute by many. Well, I've talked about this in the last couple of shows. Llewellyn Rockwell, Jr. is a former editorial assistant to Ludwig von Mises and congressional chief of staff to Ron Paul, and he's the founder and chairman of the Mises Institute. So uh, he has uh, revealed a lot, and uh, I'd just like to cover a few things here. After the broadcast of Robert Kennedy, Jr., JFK's nephew, tweeted, This is after uh, Tucker Carlson's show on the 15th. The most courageous newscast in 60 years, the CIA's murder of my uncle was a successful coup d'etat from which our democracy has never recovered. So if the CIA was involved, the obvious next question is why was the CIA involved? Why did they want a JFK eliminated? The best answer has been provided by Professor Jim Douglas in his book JFK, The Unspeakable. In uh, brief, JFK didn't trust the CIA and planned to dismantle it, which he was right for that. And for a reason, the CIA got rid of him before he could do it. Lou Rockwell interviewed Douglas over a decade ago, and here are some of uh, his things that he said. Can you look at the Kennedy assassination as a coup d'etat? Well, Douglas said yes, but it's a very subtle coup d'etat in which propaganda is so enormous and the transition done so fluidly in an administration under Lyndon Johnson that it is reversing all of Kennedy's main decision. This happens with so little disruption. I mean, Kennedy's main advisors don't all surrender and say this is a coup d'etat or anything like that. Everybody sort, sort of surrenders. This is a Cold War thinking. This is the mission of the powers that be, if you want to put it in biblical terms. And so although it is, in fact, a coup d'etat in terms of power and the way Kennedy was moving, he had become so isolated and even his closest, well, most his closest advisors were so subordinate to the powers that be that it was not seen as anything like that. 
Did Robert Kennedy see it as a murder by the powers that be? Is that what he, why he himself was murdered? Douglas went on, yes, he did. But he could not, as one individual, even though it was Attorney General of the United States, he could not see a way to do anything in, in the extreme isolation that he and his brother together had been before the assassination. But now it was Robert Kennedy alone. He, on that very day on the assassination, within an hour, he was suspecting, well, within minutes, he was uh, suspecting it was the CIA, and he actually confronted people at the CIA that afternoon, asking them about their role in the assassination. But this was all kept very much under the visibility of anyone, and he did not come out with that view. He said to his friends that he would wait until he'd become president himself, and that was a very tragic and fatal decision. He needed to speak up long before that, and of course he never did give it, it was given the opportunity, and he was assassinated 15 minutes after he took the turn by winning the California primary towards becoming president of the United States. Isn't it this time, that, isn't it time that the cover-up ended? Let's do everything we can to release the missing documents. Now, there's thousands of pages of documents that were supposed to be released in 2017. They still haven't been. Let's get rid of the evil, the warmongering CIA, but let's not stop there. Let's get rid of the NSA, the FBI, and other agencies that are terrorizing and spying on American people. In fact, I just found out that <clears throat> apparently uh, Kennedy was having an affair with an ex-wife of a CIA uh, member, and uh, she was apparently killed. Her body was found on the on the uh, path in uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, they went to her home, and apparently there are CIA uh, guys there already going through her stuff, and uh, they were told to uh, step down. They did, and the murder has never been solved. A lot of stuff going on here that just doesn't sound right, and these agencies have way too much power. They need to be, well, in my opinion, uh, dismantled or at least reformed in such a way that uh, the country returns to the people. Well, uh, Buffalo Bills player Dammer, Dammer ha Hamlin reportedly required CPR by NFL health officials on the field during Monday night's game, collapsing after he had a, after a hit at uh, 8.55.03 Eastern Time in Cincinnati. Hamlin was in a critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center on Monday night. Quite frankly, I watched. I thought he was dead. They spent nine minutes trying to revive him. Uh, his vitals are back to normal, and they've been uh, put him to sleep by breathing tube down his throat. His agent, J Jordan Rooney, tweeted, They are currently running tests. We will provide updates as we have them. I'm told that uh, Damer Hamlin has been in intubated and is currently listed in critical condition. That according to Tricia Mack from Fox 19. The statement from NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell confirmed Hamlin was alive and in critical condition. By late Monday night, a community toy drive organized by Hamlin had surged to more than $900,000 in donations. His stated goal was only $2,500. People were stepping up and praying for him. People, players on both teams were distraught and in tears while the ESPN broadcast cut away for its coverage. The game was temporarily suspended at 9.17 p.m. and postponed at 10 p.m. Reporters noted that Buffalo Bills were flying back home from Cincinnati, putting the game in doubt to be rescheduled. Quite frankly, I don't think it needed to be rescheduled because it didn't have any specific meaning to either team, I believe. But irrespective, after uh, being given an on-field CPR and AID, Hamlin was put on a stretcher, given oxygen, and loaded into an ambulance that was driven onto the field. I'm told that Damer Hamlin has a pulse but is not breathing on his own, said a reporter. He's being transported to UC, uh, that would be University of Cincinnati, needed AID and CPR on the field. Ambulance with police escort had been let, just left the stadium uh, with uh, at the 9:25 p.m., Hamlin's mother reportedly joined her son in the ambulance. Hamlin made a tackle on the Bengals' T. Higgins with at with 5:58 remaining in the first quarter, and after briefly jumping up to his feet, he fell back. Medical staff quickly attended to him while players from both teams took a knee in an emotional scene. Very sad. Boy, you could hear a pin drop in that stadium with 50,000 people. Everybody was distraught and concerned for this young man. Just incredible. And quite frankly, you know, we've seen a lot of deaths of athletes, young athletes. 
And it uh, makes me wonder, I don't have any direct connection to this at all or understand, uh, I'm not a medical doctor, but it makes me wonder if perhaps these vaccines have something to do with these young players who are otherwise in great condition, uh, suffering these types of conditions. In fact, former Jacksonville Jaguars offensive lineman, I can't pronounce his name, but Nawari, passed away Friday at his wife's home in Indiana. He was 38 years old. He had been driven up to Indiana from Georgia, was found unresponsive by his wife at 1 a.m. after apparently collapsing, according to West Lafayette Police and Tippecanoe uh, County Coroner Kerry Costello. Costello said the results of a Monday autopsy showed no signs of foul play. After the moment, investigators believe the former player might have suffered a heart attack, 38 years of age, though the results of a toxicology report have uh, yet to come in, Costello added. He retired from the NFL in 2013. The irony here is that uh, he thought that anybody that didn't get vaccinated should be uh, charged with a crime. Uh, the real crime, in my opinion, is the fact that these vaccines have been, been promoted. Human beings are the guinea pigs in this whole thing, and we still haven't learned everything there is to know about the impact of these vaccines. Well, almost half of American adults think that a significant number of unexplained deaths are linked to the COVID-19 vaccine side effects. That, according to Rasmussen reports, Rasmussen found that just under half of respondents said that COVID-19 vaccine side effects have caused a significant number of unexplained deaths. 49% said it is somewhat or very likely. 37% said it's not very likely or at all likely. And 14% are unsure. So the majority of people really see that these vaccines are having a deleterious effect, especially when it comes to the heart. Less than one-third of respondents said they personally know someone who they believe died due to the side effects of COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, I, for one, uh, know a couple of people that have had side effects, the one who died. Uh, very, uh, very disturbing. Also, half said they, uh, there's a legitimate reason to be concerned about the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines, while just over one-third said the people who worry about vaccine safety are spreading conspiracy theories. So the nation's pretty well divided on this. This is really where the CDC uh, could step up and uh, provide good information, but now most people just don't trust the CDC or other government agencies about these public health issues. At least 500 migrants have arrived in small boats along the Florida Keys over the last several days in what the local sheriff's office described as Monday as a crisis Economic turmoil, food shortages, and soaring inflation in Cuba and other parts of the Caribbean is spurring the most recent wave of migration. Over the weekend, 300 migrants arrived in the sparsely populated Dry Tortugas National Park, about 70 miles west of Key West. The park was closed so that law enforcement and medical personnel could evaluate the group before moving them to Key West. Uh, separately, 160 migrants have arrived by boat in other parts of the Key West, uh, Florida Keys in the Newsday and the New Year's Day weekend. On Monday, 30 people in two new groups of migrants were found in the Middle Keys. In a news release, Monroe County Sheriff Rick Ramsey criticized the federal response to the uptick in migrant arrivals, saying they were stretching local resources. U.S. Border Patrol told the sheriff's office that the federal response to some of the migrants arriving may have to wait a day. <laughs> or, or a month or whatever, but because uh, there's been virtually no response on the federal level anyhow, in my opinion. Uh, refugee arrivals uh, require a lot of resources from the sheriff's office as we help federal law enforcement partners ensure the migrants are in good health and safe. So uh, uh, officials at Dry Tortugas National Park said they expected to be closed for several days because of the space resources needed to help the migrants. So 500 arriving here, can you just imagine the thousands and thousands in El Paso and other parts of the United States where these problems are occurring? It's just uh, critical. And right now, this administration is doing nothing. In fact, they're encouraging these migrants to come to the United States. Why? Makes no sense. This segment of the show is brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know, and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. 
Coming up, Kathleen Passanovo, our state senator and president of the Florida State Senate. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. Are you planning to travel abroad? What if you got sick or hurt in another country? Most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. Travel with confidence with international health insurance for as little as a dollar twenty-five a day. Make travel worry-free. Get a free quote by calling 591-1715 or visit the website internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our state senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So I understand today is a big day for the inauguration of our governor. Yes, yeah, and the cabinet as well, uh, taking place sometime this morning, I think around 11 o'clock this morning. Um, my understanding is usually there's about three uh, 3,000 people that attend, uh, but this inauguration they're anticipating about 5,000. Wow. And rain. So we'll figure that one out. Wow. <laughs> That's it's so interesting. I remember when uh, Rick Scott was inaugurated for the first time. Uh, there was a big parade, and I, I, oh, was, yeah. I was so grateful to be uh, the uh, master of ceremonies for the parade. But uh, the second uh, time he was inaugurated, when, when he was won the uh, re-election, not much happened. I think we had some kind of, was that, there was some kind of tragedy, if I recall. Hmm. I can't remember now, um, right after that, so... I think that was part of the reason that he do, didn't really do anything. In any event, it's it's going to be a yeah. big deal to, uh, today. Yeah, yeah. There, um, there's a lot of things going on. There's, you know, obviously the inauguration uh, of the governor and the cabinet members. Uh, then, it, you know, they get sworn in. The governor's going to give a speech, um, and then the uh, first lady is having a reception at the mansion, uh, the governor's mansion for the the mamas. I think it's like a million mamas that. We're supporting uh, Governor Sanders' re-election. And then, of course, the inaugural ball, which is going to be had about 3,000 people as well. So it's going to be a pretty hectic here in Tallahassee today. Wow, that's really, really impressive. So uh, 
Uh, I wonder if you, uh, this kind of brings to mind the whole issue that we, we constantly have in the background, which is illegal immigration. My mm-hmm. understanding is that we had uh, about 500 illegal immigrants from Cuba and other parts of the uh, Caribbean show up on the Dry Tortugas Islands uh, down in the Keys. So I wonder if you have any comments. Well, I have, uh, you know, I have not been briefed on it yet because I just got up into the Capitol yesterday. Oh. Um, and I, I assume we'll find out more about it. I, I read it in the paper, just like everybody else. I'm not sure where they, how they got there, uh, who was behind it, and what the plans are uh, for them. Yeah. I, well, it, first of all, it's, I don't know how that uh, at random 500 people could all decide to do that right. at the same time. So I, I don't necessarily believe in conspiracies, but it looks like somebody must be behind it. Yeah, uh, and um, I think I saw a photo of a, a kind of a large vessel. So um, we'll, I'm sure some we'll figure it out. So where do we stand in the process now of starting the next legislative st- session? Well, we have this. This is in addition to uh, inaugural events, uh, a committee week. We're doing a workshop in our community affairs committee uh, to work on our affordable housing bill, which will come out in the next week or so. Uh, and then uh, we're off next week, back in the district, kind of cleaning things up, getting organized, because then we start committee weeks that go pretty much until session starts in March. And then we're um, up here for the, uh, the 60 days for the actual session. So we've got a lot to cover, and there's a lot of issues that are bubbling to the surface that we're going to need to address. Yeah. So how's the affordable housing uh, legislation looking at this point? I feel pretty good about it. It's, it's very uh, broad, very uh, bold, I think. Uh, it covers a lot of issues. It does not uh, mandate. Uh, one of the things people wanted us to do was mandate uh, uh, rent control, which we will not do. I, I don't support that. Um, only in the case of a, a situation like where uh, a, a developer uh, uh, takes money from the uh, ship and sale Sadowski funds, and of course that that would that mandates rent, rent control, but that's using state dollars, that kind of thing. But private individuals, I'm not. I would never advocate for that. Uh, we're, we're trying to incentivize people to provide uh, affordable housing, also local governments to uh, uh, allow uh, 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 rental units in commercial areas, like you know, along transportation corridors. And the like. So there's a lot, a lot density. Bonus. It's just huge. It's so much I could talk for hours on it. Well, I, it, to me, it just seems that, and I, I haven't studied this a lot and don't understand a lot of about it and what's going on in the background. But we have a lot of these malls that are kind of emptying at right. this point. Doesn't that offer yes. an opportunity for affordable housing you know, to convert yes. that those malls into some sort of living uh, situation? Exactly, and and we have that. That's one of their the uh, provisions in the bill. You know, it's it's ideal because most of those old malls are in, um, surrounded by uh, residential areas. Yeah. They're they're usually in downtown areas, lots of parking, so they're ripe for redevelopment. And uh, you know, some of these strip centers where they're all one story uh, could be, um, uh, you know, we could build apartments over using the airspace and that kind of thing. There's a lot of creative. Uh, I think the word is going to be creative solutions, and we're internally calling the bill Live Local. We want people to be able to live near where they work. That sounds outstanding. Kathleen Pasadomo, again, our state senator and uh, our state, uh, also uh, Florida state president, Senate president as well. Kathleen, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Are you going to the inaugural ball tonight? Uh, yes, um, I actually have to participate in the inauguration by being on the dais, which is kind of cool. And then, of course, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go. My, my husband flew up with me yesterday, so we're ready. Outstanding. Better <laughs> ball gowns. <laughs> Kathy, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden. Uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, and Happy New Year to you. Let's hope that uh, 2023 is more uneventful than 2022 was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not hearing many people say, boy, 2022 was a great year. <laughs> it was uh, one that we survived. Hopefully things will be better in 2023. Well, let's think about it. Yeah. And, so- you know, that kind of comes in line with what um, I thought we could talk about, is that, you know, we all set goals and New Year's resolutions and very for different reasons we set you know we make too broad based you know I want to lose weight I want to exercise more rather than say I want to walk a half an hour five times a week Mm -hmm. but I found some that are really interesting that you we we cannot maybe adopt all of them but they're I think they're kind of interesting and the first one is use your talents for a good cause. In other words, if you can, volunteer. Well, I would say... I think, uh, that's, a, yeah. I think that's a good uh, uh, New Year's resolution. Volunteer for a good cause. I do, too. I mean, I've heard it said that the route to true happiness is uh, doing something for others. and uh, Right. I think that's... And by the way, for our listeners' benefit, you've been extremely supportive of the community and doing things... Uh, when we finish this little segment, I would appreciate if you comment. I know that every year you uh, co- communicate and get t- together with the pe- young ladies that you supported through Immokalee Foundation. It would be great to yes. get an update from you. Yep. They're all doing well. Some, you know, obviously we hear from more than others, but they're, you know, the Immokalee, the girls that uh, we mentored for six years are are all doing well. They A lot of them have graduated from college, and great. they're... They're going on with their lives, and they're doing great things. That's wonderful. Well, it must be, yeah. must be still meaningful to, for, to you to, to be able to maintain contact since you had such a big part in their lives. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. It's very gratifying. And being strange, but get to know your neighbors. Yeah. A lot, very few Americans know who their neighbors are, strangely enough. Yeah. So knock on your neighbor's door and bring them cookies. <laughs> and all the, on the other hand, who is the famous Robert Frost? Uh, he said that uh, uh, good fences make good neighbors. <laughs> so. Well, that, that, there's some of that as well. Um, try a new adventure. Yeah. So you know, if you were going to try a new adventure, what would you do? Well, that's such an interesting question. You know, I, I find as I get a little bit older, my 
uh, I get, become a little less courageous. So <laughs> trying a new uh, a new adventure, I, I might uh, I might want to uh, pick up the uh, baritone or the trombone or something like that and learn to play it again. Oh, well, that would be fascinating. Wouldn't it be fun? Yeah, yeah. So I th- I think yeah, about go that. Go back and do something that you did before. Yeah, and, and stop doing. And stop doing, yeah, bring it up. It probably is like riding a bike. You'll probably get right back at it. Well, I don't know about that. There's a thing called an embouchure that you have when you play a trombone or a baritone, and it's how you purse your lips in order to, to uh, blow air into the, uh, into, the, uh, into the instrument and uh, mm-hmm. not easily formed. It takes, it takes muscle memory in order to do that. So, but nevertheless, I think it would be worth the effort. Oh, sure. All right. You heard it here. Uh Watch less TV. Americans are watching more on-screen content than ever before, like more than five hours a day. That's a lot. That is a lot. So, uh, you know, they say sitting is the, uh, what, sitting is the new, I don't know, sitting is bad for you. I can't remember what the the thing is, but sitting is not a good thing to do. Get up, move around. Yeah. Uh, And along that line, if you're not watching TV, learn one new thing. Learn how to play the piano. Learn a different musical instrument. Yeah. Uh, take a master's class. Take a class online. And, you know, there's so many opportunities like that that are available for all of us right now uh, to, to learn new things and to do new things, uh, just to, to uh, stimulate your curiosity uh, there's great opportunities for us all, and uh, to sit and re- just look at the television makes no sense. I agree. Um, we we don't get out. We don't get out zone enough. Yeah. And I think that that's gratifying and get out of your your comfort zone and try something. You may not like it. You may say, "Well, I did that," but maybe it'll open the door to to something new you know boot now that you mentioned that i'll just remind our listeners that uh you know you've been pretty adventurous in your life as well you've owned an art gallery you've uh, climbed mount kilimanjaro you've uh, jumped out of an airplane for crying out loud so you've done a lot of adventurous things what are your new year's resolutions well i think practicing gratitude mm-hmm. uh having I don't know. I'd say practicing gratitude, trying. I'm going to try some new things. I'm, I want to learn something new, something different. So that'll take me out of my comfort zone. I take a lot of classes through the Renaissance Learning Center, which is affiliated with FGCU, yeah. and I enjoy doing that. But, yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Do something you haven't done. Challenge. I'm going to challenge myself. So uh, I can't think of anything you haven't done, Boo. <laughs> Have you thought? Have you narrowed it down to a couple of choices? No, no. That's that's the beauty of it is that I haven't. Uh, I'm kind of waiting. I think that once you open yourself up and say I'm going to do something I haven't done before, I think you kind of throw it out there and it it uh, kind of comes works its way back. It'll cross your path. If you throw it out, it'll come back to you. You know, one of the ways that uh, we learn to do new things is we have a friend that says, you want to try this? And you say, yeah, let's give it a shot. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're doing like a new skill or new uh, capability. Oh, yeah. I, like, one thing I do want to do is there is a Buddhist center in Bonita Springs. And I did, I would uh, go to a Buddhist center in Madison. And I love the the teachings of Buddhism, which is do no harm, uh-huh. and uh, so that's one of the things that I am going to do. I'm going to start going to a Buddhist center in Benin. That sounds great. I mean, that's all about just releasing your releasing your ego and uh, just accepting the world as it is without any. In fact, I heard. Uh, uh, what's a great fighter's name? In any event, he said, uh, "I'm always happiest when I realize I'm nobody." Really? Yeah. Mike Tyson is the guy that said that. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting interview with Tucker Carlson today. But it, anyhow, Mike Tyson said, you know, I'm always happiest when I feel like I, I, re, I remember that I'm really nobody. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true of all of us, yes. I, I, he doesn't seem to be a like particularly humble person. 
No, he doesn't. On the other hand, you know, he was raised as a, he ended up a ward of the state. He ended up in foster care. Uh, he's got such an interesting life. And for 14 years, I've, on 14 years, he slept with two tigers in his bed. Well, that's weird. <laughs> it really is pretty weird, but it's it's also frightening to think. I don't know if I could sleep with two, <laughs> two tigers next to me. He whiz. Oh, my heaven. I'm talking about full-grown tigers, if you can believe that. And he said that once they got angry with each other and started to fight, he says he was just totally out of control. Anyhow, very interesting interview. I recommend it if you're kind of into watching five hours of television a day and looking for something to watch. Watch Tucker Carlson today. Well, that'll do it. Uh, Tip generously. That was one of the other suggestions. Forgive someone. You know, if you've got a Ah. grudge against somebody, practice forgiveness. Learn to take risks. Yeah. Stop procrastinating. Are you a procrastinator? Uh, you know what? I hate to admit it, but yes, I do procrastinate. Some, I like to think about it as allowing stuff to kind of bubble up and finally get to a closure. But it, I right. think, in fact, it's actually procrastinating. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, I, I always appreciate your your commentary here on the show. Boom, Wharton's again. Give me some good ideas about New Year's resolutions. I think those are all terrific thoughts. And yeah, I, just pick one. You know what? And that's another thing I heard uh, back in the day is that uh, we, when we make New Year's resolutions, we try to redo our lives, totally lose weight, do this, do that, and it just becomes overwhelming. So better just to uh, pick one or two things and uh, decide to change your life a little bit. Uh, as opposed to make major changes, lose 50 pounds and so forth. It just can't be done. Yep, start moving. All right. Boo Mortensen, again, really appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. 
Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it isn't happening in D.C. <laughs> no, it's not happening as much as we'd like, but nevertheless, you're a positive force uh, for the good, Seton. Yeah, you wrote a column I received yesterday, Inventing and Innovating Aren't So Easy, huh, Apple? Uh, kind of raising the question about Apple's participation, innovation, and in inventing. Tell us about it. Well, you know, I'm glad I didn't do it, but when Steve Jobs prematurely passed away in 2011... I said I wanted to short Apple stock because he was the only idea guy they had. Mm -hmm. He, he, you know, he. It was his developed concept that was developed into the iPhone and the iPad and all that. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he may, he was an engineer, but he didn't, you know, he didn't write the code and stuff. But, but uh, as Bill Burr said, I want all my music in this thing. I want, you know, uh, you know that kind of concept. The, the vision that leads to, to uh, invention. And, he, of course, they've made a lot of money, so I'm glad, <laughs> glad I didn't short the stock 11, 12 years ago or whatever. Right. But um, they haven't in innovated. If you, you know, I'm an iPhone guy. I, I was an early adopter of an iPhone guy. I'm on my sixth or seventh iPhone. And the last seven or eight iPhones are identical. There's nothing new on any of them. Yeah. You, you still have to pay 1200 bucks to get the new one. And they admitted, Apple admitted, they intentionally degrade your older phones and devices to force you to buy the new version of the same old product you had that was working fine until Apple started degrading it. So, are they, so, are they still doing that, Seaton? Uh, probably. Yeah. They didn't get they didn't get they didn't get punished for admitting they were doing it. So why would they stop? Yeah. Um. So anyway, that, they're not inventing. Meanwhile, the only new thing going on with the phones is the network to which they're connecting. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've discussed before, 3G, 4G, 5G. That's the, te that's the technological advancement with which they have nothing to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's not their genius. That's not their invention. That's not their investment in innovation. They're just right passengers on that locomotive. Mm -hmm. It's it's a company in San Diego called Qualcomm, and it's it's the uh, wireless companies, AT and T, Verizon, T Mobile, those guys. They're the ones driving the train, and now with five G, it's going to be incredibly huge. And of course, Apple's going to be a huge beneficiary of it just for standing there and being alive and in the and in the wireless marketplace when they develop it. Um. Mean, but okay. First of all, they obviously they don't help wireless companies with investment in the network. That's clearly that's not their job. I understand that. It's fine. But there's government. There's many government welfare programs to connect people, poor people, to the internet. The wireless companies are the ones taxed at a very large rate. By the way, we're talking twenty five percent. Look at your cell phone bill. Yeah, it's called the USF tax. The, the private, the cell phone companies are, are taxed to pay that tax, to pay that tax, uh, to pay that for those welfare programs. Guess who doesn't pay for the welfare programs? Well, let me guess. The Is big it? tech companies yeah. like Apple, All right. who, who are beneficiaries and not contributing a penny of, of time, effort, or money to making the networks as, as, as dynamic as they are. And in fact, as I say in the piece, there's three lobby groups that just said, stop trying to make the big tech companies pay. And Apple's a member of two of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're not contributing to that. Now let's talk to their, let's talk to their manufacturing. When they're, not, when they're not fighting to pay anything in, they're outright stealing. There's a, there was an article I linked to. Seven different suppliers in China are involved in slave labor. Yep. Seven different Apple suppliers, at least. They only found seven. There may be more. So they're stealing the labor for their $1,200, $1,400 phone. And you and I talked about this at the time. They went through a three-year protracted fight where they, had, they, they, they signed contracts to pay Qualcomm for their, for their patented chip technology, and they just stopped paying them. Yeah. They kept selling the, the devices that had the... The, the technology in it, in them, but they just weren't paying for it. And they finally admitted they, they stole it. They finally paid up. Uh, then they announced, and then then this is where the title comes from of the piece, they, 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 they finally paid up and they're like, well, we're, 
Meanwhile, they're paying $1,300 on a $1,200 phone for the chips. So they said, we're tired of paying Qualcomm this outrageous $13 on $1,200. So we're going to develop our own patented chips. And that was that announcement was in 219 and 2020. Yep. Well, the new iPhone's coming out with Qualcomm chips in them. Yeah. <laughs> because Apple spent the last three years trying to develop their own chips, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm... So, you know, again... $13 on a $1,200 phone. They don't want to pay it. They try to do what Qualcomm's been doing and fail miserably and quietly announce, yeah, the next round of iPhones is going to have Qualcomm chips in it. Wow. Are, are, they, are, they, paying, are they paying for it? Because I know uh, the case, there was a $6 billion settlement, of, I think, with that's, Apple. That's right. And, of course, those things, they, they're, they're, they're tightly held to the vest. There's non-disclosure agreements all over the place. You don't really know what it means, but when Apple has to write a check for $6 billion to Qualcomm, you can read some of the tea leaves anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, to what the, as, as to who was admitting what in, in that case. So, uh, Seton, you, you have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Uh, I'm, I don't take pictures or anything like that with my phone. Are you saying that the last few editions of iPhones, it haven't had any new technology at all? No. I mean, the, the camera got a little better. But what else? What else has happened? Yeah, interesting. I mean, go back and go back and read, like I did. Read about the you know the announcement of the iPhone 11 and the announcement of the iPhone 12. There's nothing new on them. Amazing. There's nothing new. It's just a new version of the same thing. Well, I, I I'll tell you this. One thing that Apple's good at is, and that's marketing, because <laughs> they've got well, nothing. Not only here's what they do to additionally screw you because they're crooks, and you you've gone through this. They'll change phones, and the only thing new on it is the plug. Yeah. So you have to throw away all your old plugs and buy <laughs> new plugs from them. <laughs> Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your most well-informed commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Bob. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to you as well, Seton. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Hard, my wife. We're going to talk about some of the things that are going on around the world and right here on the Paradise Coast. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. We get the politics. We know the policy. We prepare your elected officials to win. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's also most well-informed in so many things going on around the country. Thank you so much for joining us. There's just such a fire hose of news going on. Hey, before we get into all that, I do want to mention we had last uh, Friday night, we had dinner at Lulabee's Diner. Man, was I pleasantly surprised. We met the chef, Richie. Chef Richie came out, and apparently he's been uh, the uh, former chef at Bayshore, or Bay... No, uh, uh, Bay House, but at um, uh, the Turtle Club. Turtle Club as well. So I bet he's glad to have this gig at, at, although Jerry said that he's been working, you know, two jobs off and on for her for, for years, but... Um, the food was, was fantastic. The food was really good, and and I had that wedge salad. Yeah, I'm I'm going back there. We've got to go back there so I can get that again. I think we should make it so a weekly good. event. You know, uh, uh, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center serving great breakfast and lunches. That's what they've been known for. But Wednesday through Saturday nights, four to eight p.m., they're serving dinner, and just encourage you to have first of all great value, but also outstanding food at Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Um, and and I have to say that the location that she has there now is so much better than the one she had uh, up at up at the uh, what am I talking about the uh, by Publix uh, here. yeah the, uh, uh, it's just pleasant and and the dinner is is so great if you're a teetotaler especially because they only serve beer they don't serve uh, wine wine so but the food is the food was we were shocked and awed how good it was absolutely so last night uh, we tuned in to the Buffalo football game and uh, saw this tragic event that occurred. Wait, here's the deal. We were watching the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And the Rose Bowl was being, Penn State was absolutely cleaning the field with um, whoever they played. I don't even remember. Yeah. And so we turned it to Tucker because I, I looked on another of our TVs and I saw the Tucker was on. So we turned it to Tucker for a little while. It was a, it was a canned show, but we'd seen some, uh, it was a New Year's show. It was nice. And then when we had seen enough of that, we turned it to the Buffalo Bills Monday Night Football game. We n- did not see one, one bit of football because all we saw was the ambulance, the out ambulance there. in the middle of the field, and we're going, what's going on? Have you ever heard uh, the silence that we heard, 50,000 people in that silence, and you could hear a pin drop in there uh, where people were so concerned about this young player at 24 years of age, apparently a sixth-round uh, draft choice Guy got a starting position, and he just keeled over. He got he he made a great tackle. Yeah, he got up, and then just fell backwards. And uh, apparently they had to resuscitate him. He couldn't breathe on his own. He still can't. And he still can't breathe on his own. Just an amazing. They resuscitated him. It seemed like forever, but it was nine minutes that they had that defibrillator going on him. That's scary stuff. And everybody that I've seen on on the media this morning have said. In all the years that they've been watching NFL football, they have never, ever seen anything like that. We've seen broken legs like Joe Theismann. We've seen all these, these yeah. horrible injuries, but never anything like this. Well, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, and I certainly don't know a lot about these issues, but I do, I am somewhat suspicious of the impact of the vaccines on many of these athletes who have uh, had serious problems with their hearts and, and uh, death and all kinds of things around the world. We happened to witness it, so it was just so shocking, but that we've seen, uh, we've heard about soccer players in England, all around the world of things happening to these young athletes. Well, there was, there's another football player, former NFL football player, I don't know if you saw it, 38 years of age. 38 years old, and he's, he was vaccinated, and he said he wants to put all the unvaccinated people in prison, and he died of a heart attack at age 38. Yeah, so, so again, it, there's no proof of a, of a... He had a heart attack, and they're trying... It was cardiac arrest, and they're trying to say, oh, he, he was hit in the chest. Well, I've watched that play over and over and over again. Yeah. It was just an uneventful, normal, run-of-the-mill yeah, tackle. tackle. He didn't get hit in the chest. It was a tackle. It was an effective tackle, but uh, it wasn't impactful like you see some of these things. You wonder how people live through it. Exactly. But uh, oh, by the way, speaking as as we as we uh, approach the vaccine and and whatever, it's going to be a very eventful week too. Because guess guess yeah. who's going to do a big reveal this? Yeah, week? Elon Musk is going to do the vaccine drop, uh, the Fauci <laughs> the drop. Fauci drop. <laughs> I hope he's I hope he's not faking it, but but he said it's going to be later in the week and. Oh boy, this yeah. week is fasten your seatbelt, folks, because this week is 
chock full of, uh, and, and, and that wasn't even considering what happened last night. I mean, this week is going to be so newsy anyway. And now with this poor young man um, with, a, with a tracheotomy so he can breathe in critical condition. Yeah. So what about the Speaker of the House thing going on? Well, Kevin McCarthy has been on every, every network, every, in front of every television camera known to man with his big old grin saying how he's the best for Speaker of the House and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. Meanwhile, there are 18 Republicans who are saying just the opposite. Um, not Kevin, not ever. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, part of the swamp. Uh, and I know Getz met, met with him last night and hoping for a miracle, apparently. No, but, but last night, after he met with him, he came out and he, he... He said, no deal. He said, it's a hard no. It's a hard it no. It was a short meeting. It was a, it's a hard no. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the, quite frankly, I'm not alarmed by this at all. This is a hardball politics at its best, and I encourage it because, quite frankly, Kevin McCarthy, in my opinion... Maybe they could strike a deal with him that's satisfactory to everybody involved, but quite frankly, I see him as a rhino. I just don't trust him. Well, of course not, and he, with good reason. Yeah. Because he hasn't come through on his promises. Andy Biggs said so, Matt Gates has said so, uh, Lauren Barber said so, a bunch of these other um, congressmen have, have said the exact same thing. And I don't know if I, you read what I sent you last night. I think I sent it to you. Uh, but but uh, Kevin McCarthy has as his advisor guy this guy this lobbyist who uh, lobbies is a lobbyist for amazon and for apple and he's made millions of dollars as a lobbying so so kevin mccarthy is with everything that comes out about him is known to be a, just a huge swamp creature don't forget that that he's taken more from um Pfizer in lot for yeah. his campaign than anybody else in Congress. Don't forget. So and, and he used FTX money to help stop America Great candidates in the last election. What I think is cool is that is that this one congressman who Fox News blew up at. Uh, I showed you the clip yesterday of, of Griff Jenkins saying, "We we want a name. We want a name." They've got a surprise candidate coming around in the second round vote today and they aren't saying who it is and i think it's so cool is it donald trump <laughs> i don't think so but in any but, in but, any event but they're guess what no leaks nobody's revealing it it's yeah very interesting so uh in addition to that though i just do want to mention how disappointed i am in mitch mcconnell Cocaine Mitch, quite frankly, has thrown the, Demo uh, the Republican Party under the bus in so many different ways. Not, first of all, in terms of the midterm elections and the candidates he supported or didn't support. And then in terms of these, uh, the, the uh, stimulus packages and the other things that he supported. Uh, he's just a, a rhino. He definitely is a Republican in name only. And in fact, did he's acting he's, like. Did you hear he's going? Uh, he and Biden are meeting in Kentucky today. Yeah. And uh, and guess did you see what Biden said when he came back to the White House last night? Huh. They said, "Why are you meeting with Mitch McConnell?" Well, he's been a friend for a long time, and it's a big state, and there's a lot of money there. How 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 more blatant can you be that all this person? Yeah. Who is in the White House thinks about is money and power. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see how things all play out uh, in terms of uh, this term. And uh, quite frankly, the money's already spent. We, they still have the opportunity, however, to, to not uh, adjust the debt ceiling too far uh, much higher. And that will eliminate some of the spending that's being planned right now in this uh, deal that was struck, omnibus bill that was struck with the uh, Democrats and the Republicans. You know what? Whatever happens... I am so look at Fauci files. Uh, the Fauci files. It's on TV that they're going to they're going to drop this week. Um, it's it's so interesting to see that some of these Republicans. Remember, I, we, we've talked about so often about who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And what was so interesting is that Newt Gingrich on Fox yesterday was having an absolute fit because because um, they weren't going to usher in Kevin McCarthy as Speaker in the House. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The, the, the blindfolds are being taken off. The, the, the good guys and the bad guys are being revealed in all their glory. I think it's great. Well, there's just not too many good guys. That's the problem. Linda, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow, including Bob Levy. He's the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate his commentary here on the show. 
would appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers. We couldn't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>